everybody. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Transatlantic Rebels podcast. My name is Jessel, and my co-host is Roshard. This week, we will be kicking off a special two-part on Madonna. And first up, it's from 1983 to 1997. This week on the Transatlantic Rebels, we will be kicking off part one of our Madonna special. So what we're going to do is break it up into two different eras. Uh, Today we'll go from 1983 or so up to basically around 1997. And next week we will kick off with Ray of Light onwards up until the present day. So, Rashad, what are your earliest memories of Madonna? Well, I can tell you that um, the the, the quick one was the, um, the earliest one is when the Borderline video came out, MTV. Uh, that was the earliest one right there, around a the time of, like, I think it was around um, when MTV, like, kind of, like, got, it's, like, it started in the beginning, had the Devo stuff and, and things like that, and then later on it kind of, like, started finding a groove with, like, Culture Club and stuff, and then, like, she kind of came out of nowhere, and then it was just, like, holy shit. But it's funny because when I was a kid, like, I was one of those kids as a guy that I, I liked girls like really, really, really early. I never had that. <laughs> girls. I never. I just. I just never had it at all. I knew what I liked as soon as I was like, probably when I came out the womb, it just caught up with me. But so, uh, <laughs> so when I saw, I was like, who is this girl? And then after a while, like she started coming out. So I, I would say that's my my earliest memory of the borderline video. I, I, I think that, I think you meant who's that girl actually, not who is this girl. But you know, I <laughs> uh, got you, got you. Course corrected, got you. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's my earliest memory. I just remember it being like a, a nice little ditty, and then I just remember like the Lucky Star. But Borderline was like the first thing I can remember. Yeah, I think from my own sort of distant memory, it was uh, it was Holiday was a massive song in the UK. I think I think it reached number two or something, either number one or number two, and um, it kind of emerged initially. And I was, I was pretty young then; I must have been like three or four or something. But then it kind of re-hit about a year later. And um, and it was gigantic, absolutely gigantic. And so I can remember that from when I was about four or something. Um, it was just a, a gigantic song. And then, yeah, she just absolutely dominated. You know, I've, I've constantly made uh, references to Rihanna being the new Madonna. Because basically, if you look at the first kind of seven years or so, seven or eight years, the amount of singles that they've just dominated the radio with is unbelievable, you know. Um, all the other artists like um, like Beyonce and everyone like that, they're, they're doing it in a different way. But Madonna's definitely, um, she charted that course for Rihanna and uh, the amount of singles, of huge singles that have defined, you know, not not just music, but art, video, politics. It's incredible. Religion as well is a huge thing, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um so should we should we kick off in earnest? I, I mean, the only other thing I was going to say is that actually, um, I kind of I, obviously I have listened to her albums over the years and stuff like that, like the, the first kind of ones anyway, like that we'll we'll be discussing. However, really, I, I relied heavily on the Immaculate Collection, which was her first greatest hits. Um, I mean that 
that album i just cannot describe how good it was I, i used to listen to it just on repeat probably for like a year straight pretty much like around 91 and so because I, i already knew you know all of the songs and stuff like that but when it was catalogued like that it really brought home just how amazing she was so in terms of the individual i don't have like a super in-depth knowledge of each album like madonna like a virgin um you know all those kind of ones true blue everything like that but yeah but I, I definitely know like the singles and some of the album cuts. So how about yourself? Well, I pretty much, I think I got every album that she has. Wow. Much. So wow. From, from, so from, uh, the Madonna album, all the way up to rebel heart. Wow. So I, I kinda, I kinda have that thing. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like a little insight as far as I concerned, like where my creative self kind of came from as a kid, there's like, there's three things. And I, I'm thinking that for like the last couple of months about the time there was three fun, there were three fundamental Things that like, like inspired me as an artist when I was a kid, like kind of like get my brain circulating as far as like audiovisual stuff and like being creative and kind of like, like not being afraid to think outside the box, but still at the same time, like it's it's like the thing of being able to think outside the box yet be successful in the mainstream kind of sense. And those three things I would say is like it would be Star Wars, it would be Michael Jackson, it'd be Madonna. Basically, it was like it was like. They were all mainstream successes, but at the same time, they're so distinctive, like, they they cannot be duplicated at all, as far as I'm concerned. And that's the way I kind of see it. It's like that thing where it's like, when you see a Michael Jackson, when you see Michael Jackson, he has his errors, and he has his, like, his iconography. Same thing with Madonna, she has her iconography for different eras, and the Star Wars just has his iconography, and it's like, even though you can see the influences that each three of those, like, different groups have, it's like they distilled them into like a unique voice, each and every one of them. So I kind of admire that fact that it's kind of rare. It's like, cause like cause other than that, you, most of the time you see it was like whenever you see like a lot of these trendsetters, you can kind of see like directly where they came from. But like with, the, with those three kind of things, it's kind of like that's that person. And they're kind of like the influences. You can kind of, you can kind of understand where they come from, but then they took it and made it their own in a sense. And I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. And interestingly, I think, because you know you mentioned mj and star wars those two kind of areas especially after michael jackson's death those two areas have been so covered by everyone on earth you know like (laughs) the amount of um think pieces and retrospectives and this and that and forums like it's just it's absolutely mind-boggling however i would argue that madonna hasn't received the same treatment because she's still going you know and uh, and like you know arguably it's a law of diminishing returns with her right now um, because you know she's well into her 50s but if you actually look back pe- people are not kind of obsessing over her and uh, at the moment i would argue and they probably won't until it's too late effectively um that's the way it goes right so i plan to get into that yeah that's what the second with the second uh podcast we're going to do yeah yeah I got, I got a theory on that yeah 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 we'll save that for uh for next week for sure um yeah. Okay, so so how should we kick this off? Okay, so um, I guess you could like do like a warm up. You can kind of like go into like your your favorite three singles from this uh, this era. I guess you can do that, and then we can just go from there. Oh my lord, my, my three, my favorite three singles <laughs> from this whole era. That's crazy. I think we well, we might have to. Yeah, I'm challenging. To... I'm challenging. I'm challenging. You. All right, fine. I'm um, challenging you on the spot. On the spot. Don't even think. Go. Okay, crazy for you uh, because uh, I fancied. Uh, a girl to that song like obsessively mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a, a brilliant song um damn uh, i've got to say like a prayer because it's just amazing and okay. 
if we're going to include, uh, actually, do you know what? I, if I can get away with it, take a bow. Is take a bow included in this? Yeah, it's bedtime yeah, stories. Bedtime so stories. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'd say take a bow, but this is an incredibly hard decision, I have to say. Um, <laughs> there's just so much. Gotcha. Oh, my God. I'm just looking through the list. Jesus. That's hard. But uh, that's my gut reaction. How about yourself? Go. Okay. So my gut reaction is going to be live to tell. Then there's going to be uh, deeper and deeper. And then it's going to be human nature. Those are my three right there. Interesting. That's a very diverse pick, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Live to tell is up there for me. Um, mm-hmm. I just remember I just remember live to tell when that song came out. And like whatever girl I was interested in, 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 in that, like, you know how you have that thing when you're like, when you're a, you're a kid and you're trying to go for the girl and stuff like that. Yeah. And you kind of do that thing. I don't know if other, the thing with, the, but the thing with Madonna though is I don't know how many guys, like when they're young, actually like, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they like, more normally when you hear like R&B music and you like thinking about getting a girl, most, I, from what I understand and from what I see and I, I observe, most guys will listen to a guy to kind of put himself in that first person. They kind of like relate to like I want to get the girl. The guy singing towards the girl, whereas where how it was with me, and especially like how I listen to female singers, it's kind of like I take their voice and I kind of like project myself into like going towards them. Not so much Madonna herself, but whatever character she's singing in that song or like Atlantis or whatever like that. So that's how it kind of worked for me in a sense, I guess. I, I can so completely I, I, identify with that actually. Yeah. 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 Cause I never, cause like, cause like I said, it's, it's cause to me I'm like, cause to me when it comes to R and B, like I love guy singers. Don't get me wrong, but it's always like when I'm thinking R and B and I'm thinking sensuality, I prefer when I th- when I'm in that lovey dovey mood or when I'm in that kind of like that 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 uh that naive kind of like oh she's so this and that and blah blah blah. I prefer to hear a woman's voice when I'm going through those thoughts rather than hearing a guy's voice. It just, but that's just my weird thinking. Yeah, like if you take a, a track like uh, "Take My Breath Away" by it's berlin isn't it i think it was no yes. yeah yeah from the top gun soundtrack and stuff like that you know th- that and live to tell you're talking about these quintessential 80s moments but I-, I kind of i do prefer that that female voice if it's if i was like when i was a kid and you know tunneling in on a girl with you know <laughs> vision and being like yeah. you know, obsessing <laughs> over them and stuff like that then i would kind of yeah like you said i would project onto them um a bit like yeah yeah i can completely get that yeah uh, I-, I guess you're right i guess most guys probably wouldn't be like that so yeah. yeah, they'd be more like kind of, you know, listening to R. Kelly bump and grind to get them in the <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Or like how, how like, like in America, like it was that, it was that like rock and roll stuff where it's basically like Motley Crue, girls, 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 like, okay, you're pretty checked into it. You, you're, you're allowing yourself to be the guy saying that kind of thing rather than, the other. I mean, but who's to say that people behind closed doors aren't listening to, like listening to female singers more than what they're admitting? Yeah. You don't want to like, I don't know how it is in Britain, but I know like back when, Back when I was a teenager, it was like, you had to be a guy, guy, kind of shit like that. I think when I was a teenager, it was all right at school. But like, I think we were quite we were quite sort of fun with it. We used to just take the piss a lot, really. So I don't think people took things too seriously until they got to like 16, 17. Then, one, then I think gangster rap kind of overtook everything and everyone was a gangster. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, there you go. Blame everything on the ills of gangster rap. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Pop quiz. Uh, what are your okay. three favorite albums from this era? Yikes. Okay, if you're saying from this era, yeah, I get. You know, actually, it's easy. Go to be honest on. with you, it's actually um. Okay, it's, it's like a prayer. It's erotica and it's bedtime stories. That's my three favorite because I feel like the um the first couple of albums is like it's almost like I 
I'm going to have a weird theory when I get to the second uh, podcast. But for now, I'm going to say, at the beginning of it, like the, like the Madonna album, Like a Virgin, True Blue, it's kind of like the albums are kind of like... We were, talking about this before, we were talking about this before with the Rihanna thing, where, her, where Rihanna's early albums, it was like there was the singles, and then like the, the deep cuts weren't as, as good as they could be. And I feel like that was the case with Madonna's yeah, yeah. first three albums. Yeah. And then I feel like Like a Prayer was like the first album where it was like she actually focused on the album as itself. And I, and I would argue she continued to do that whether people enjoyed them or not. I think she thinks about the album ever since after Like a Prayer happened. But I think the first three albums was kind of like, okay, here are the four or five hits. And then we thought, not to say that she didn't care about the other songs, but it's obvious that a lot more attention were put into the singles with those first three albums. So I would say Like a Prayer, uh, Erotica, and Bedtime Stories. Yeah, I'd probably say True Blue and Like a Prayer. And I can't. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on Bedtime Stories. Actually, I think I'd go for Erotica because Bedtime Stories, um, when I re listened to that, it was probably about. Actually, do you know what? It was almost a year ago I started re listening to it for about a week. And. Um, and it, it, it wasn't as good as, or actually, I think I pretty much clocked it at the time. I was kind of like, yeah, the first half of this album is good. The second half was a, quite variable for me. And yeah, I thought so. And uh, I don't know. And even listening back to it now, I don't think I don't think it meshes as well as a lot of her other work. I think there are certain songs on it that are fantastic, but I, I only think half the album I actually really genuinely loved. Um, and those are incredible songs like, you know, uh, Secret and Take a Bow. Um, and, and a few others, but that's it. Whereas I think Erotica was actually more of a kind of mission statement, I think. Uh, even if I don't think the singles are quite as good on it, but um, as an album, it, it, it kind of flows a little bit better, actually. Um, but I love the direction she took on Bedtime Stories, and it's crazy to think of the producers she worked with it on it, like Babyface. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Dallas Austin, wasn't it? Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe that. Amazing. And... Um, like I said, that that was as R because to me, like that was like as as R and B as she ever got. Yeah, that album right there. Yeah, because Erotica was more like the more like that that club. It was kind of like a transition out of. It's like it's kind of like she was transitioning to R and B, but yet she still had the kind of club feel in Erotica. And then like bedtime stories, because I guess because of the backlash against Erotica, and then she just like quote unquote, if you want to call it the argument playing the safe, she just went like pretty much R and B with. Uh, with the uh, bedtime stories, in a sense, basically like the the babyface feel to it, or whatever. Yeah, well, I think with erotica, I th- I think that's still kind of a very authentic Madonna voice. On bedtime stories, I'd argue that it's her kind of. I think there's a bit of a detachment between Madonna and the production, and I don't. I, I just don't. I think on certain songs it's fine, and on other songs, it, what is it? Because Human Nature, I love that song, but there's. Yes. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that song. However, what's that? There's that one. There's that one song in it that I was like, <laughs> it's really. I listened back to it. and I was like, man, that was actually pretty bad. Um, no, there's there's actually a few. Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't want to kill your love of the album or, or no. Or you can kill, kill like it. That, Go ahead. It's, it's strong. It could take it. It could take it. I'd rather be your but lover. I don't. I don't think I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather be your lover. Actually, didn't age very well. Uh, don't stop. Didn't either. A lot of the second uh, second half of it didn't after human nature. Oh, so you're saying forbidden love, love tried to welcome me in sanctuary and bedtime story, take a bow? Well, no, take a bow is absolutely amazing. But um, <laughs> take a bow is one of my favorite. <laughs> I think I said it is one of my three favorite songs. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think it worked quite as well. I don't think she was there yet, you know. Whereas I think something like Secret, incredible song. Um, um, and uh, Human Nature, I love that. That's probably one of my favorite Madonna songs, um, actually, ever. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Whereas I think Erotica kind of, there was more of a unified purpose to it. But that, that's just like, you know, what, what I think, obviously. The great thing with Madonna is, is like, I, I think it's so highly subjective a lot of the time you're right yes. you're right with like the kind of first yeah, few yeah. albums that it's very kind of rihanna 1.0 where you've got that you know you've just got the singles and and then the rest of it there's not that much thought that's gone into it um but after after a sort of certain period of time then madonna really started focusing on on making good albums or, or at least kind of like really pushing the art at least even if all the songs weren't amazing I, you know i I don't know if she's ever made like a 10 out of 10 album or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know. I've not really thought about it that much, I guess. But erot- I, I liked Erotica a bit more, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, it were, it's worth mentioning Madonna in the 80s. For me, like, I think I tweeted this out the other day. Like, it, if you're talking about any singer or pretty much most artists generally on earth who defined the 80s, for me, I think Madonna is, is above pretty much anyone um even michael so even michael jackson now here's my reasoning michael <laughs> michael jackson oh. right <laughs> so michael jackson was such a perfectionist and such a control freak that a lot of the great stuff he did just never saw the light of day or or he would just kind of you know fixate on things too much and stuff so if you just look at his output you know I I don't think I don't get me wrong obviously the iconography of him the videos the <laughs> singles this like that definitely 80s defining absolutely yeah I'd argue that politically even though he did make political music absolutely he did later on yeah I I think that Madonna encompasses so much more and then if you just look at the amount of singles that are huge singles that she pushed out and then and then the direction that she just you know went from holiday to I mean, what was the like one of the last singles she gave? Probably, I mean, "Like a Prayer" was nineteen eighty nine. So, if you literally talk about the eighties, she goes from "Holiday," which is one of the most kind of you know powder puff, amazing, just joyful singles, which is completely meaningless, up to "Like a Prayer," which challenged. Uh, I mean, oh my god! You know, you kids, oh, yeah, you kids video. listening I, yeah, to this. Video. If there are kids listening to this, you cannot understand. You cannot fully comprehend how much a, a controversy was generated by that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like having a, a black Jesus kind of figure in the video, her <laughs> kissing a black man. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! People absolutely lost their minds. People were burning effigies of her and shit like that. You know, it was yeah. the front page of everything, and and. But it pushed forward the whole conversation about everything, you know, and um, and okay, perhaps up to that point there hadn't been much, but she got to that point, you know, she really she used her platform to poke, to prod, and to push forward. Um, I'd argue not just feminism, but politics and religion, everything, you know, in in a way that I don't think Michael Jackson did as much michael jackson clearly did it but i think madonna did oh, yeah, yeah. didn't it did it in a very different way a much more overt way i think she pushed buttons man oh, yeah. jesus oh yeah she did push buttons michael jackson pushed buttons as much maybe like slightly later on maybe like yeah i mean you could argue dangerous but that's the 90s but you talk about the 80s yeah because i think the difference because here's the here's uh, here's the here's where the weird debate with michael jackson madonna goes 
because Michael Jackson's been involved in so many decades, it's ridiculous since he was a kid. Yeah. So he had like a like the, this massive head start since a kid. He was a teenager and blah 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 like that. The the, the I, I can understand your argument because if you're talking about the the, the, product, the productivity in the '80s, you could say Madonna easily. But it, but Michael Jackson almost matches it because just the sheer output of like Thriller and the Bad Air is so ridiculously like there's so many like if you look okay I give you an example this about the, let's talk about the iconography for a minute okay so if you talk about Michael Jackson iconography you could say if you say if you say beat it Michael Jackson you already know who you're talking about if you say Billy Dean Michael Jackson you say Thriller Michael Jackson you say Smooth Criminal Michael Jackson you say Bad Michael Jackson you even have the lesser Michael Jacksons like Dirty Diana Michael Jackson. And then you even have like even like even like like a deep cut like Speed Demon Michael Jackson with the bunny rabbit, or <laughs> even the Moonwalker when he's the robot car. Like he has that stuff. Then with Madonna, you had the Material Girl Michael, Madonna, Express Yourself Madonna, like a Prayer Madonna. You had the uh, Open Your Heart Madonna. <laughs> you had the Crazy Free. But you know, I actually I, I'm actually making your argument for you because she. I, I would say Michael Jackson may have had those like those like. The one's like, holy shit, it's right there. But I think Madonna did more to kind of like, she changed herself every time she did an album. And because that she did so many albums in the 80s, there's more of those icons. Whether Michael Jackson basically had like Thriller and Bad, even though they were like defined in the 80s, it was like, it was only two albums where she had like four or five at that point in time, you could say. And she was just much more productive at that point, I guess. I guess that could be the argument to say that she was probably a little bit more defining, at least as far as like productivity. Because I don't think anybody was really like firing all cylinders every single album at that point on that on that level of productivity. I would say you could argue Prince. Um, you know, but you could argue. See, I have Prince. a weird. Yeah, yeah, you could argue. I'll say this. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna shut my mouth. But I'll say this. <laughs> I just remembered your older podcast, so I'm just gonna chill. But I'm gonna say, because I, I have a different opinion of Prince. I love Prince. I got Purple Rain. I got the uh, the very breast of Prince, and I have Diamond and Pearls. But I guess because my because my thing is, I only own like three Prince albums. As I own every Michael Jackson album, every Madonna album. So I guess that's where my bias comes in. Like Prince, I think is a genius. Stuff like that, but I don't remember him hitting me as much. Purple Rain hit me, maybe um, a couple of singles afterwards, but I can't remember uh, uh, um, a Prince album I loved as much as I love Purple Rain. Even though some people could argue like just other albums that became like 1999, like I love the album, but I think Purple Rain hit me at a certain time. But I just feel like Madonna and Michael Jackson just felt like like something else. Even though you could argue that Prince is the better artist because he's like. Uh, a prodigy when it comes to making music, whereas Madonna, oh, you can get, I can be segue into this now, mm. where Madonna had the ability of, she's not a musician, but she bent the industry to her will, which was crazy yep. for, for a woman. I guess that's her, like, if, if, if you can make an argument, any legacy, she's like, she bent the industry to her will, despite her not being a musician, in a sense. I mean, of course, of course she picked up stuff later on down the road, but, um, but at at first she was just basically like she had the, she had the she had the iconography she had the vision to have the iconography and she had the ear to find the hits to kind of like put herself in that position. Yeah, I completely agree. In fact, that was a great segue, which I'm going to ruin completely. So Michael Jack- <laughs> Michael Jackson had two albums, uh, Madonna had four, and Prince had eight albums. In uh, and now I'm not including the soundtrack work that that um, 
Madonna or Michael Jackson did. Now, Madonna did it more overtly. If you're talking about, you know, before you were talking about the various kind of roles that, not roles, but, you know, the kind of imagery that she generated, you you can even, like, you know, you, you didn't even mention Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, that whole era and stuff like that. You know, oh, my God, like, how many girls were just dressed like her at that point? You know, it was amazing. Um, I, I think Prince is a bit of a victim to his output because he was so prolific and you're right he was like a musical prodigy um and, and whereas michael jackson was a musical prodigy but who who became very insular in a lot of ways you know um whereas madonna you're absolutely right like look i love madonna but she was not the greatest singer in the world not by a long shot you know? <laughs> absolutely not you yeah. could stumble out into new york and and just throw a rock and hit a better singer probably in a, in a lot of capacities um, and same with Rihanna as well. However, um, the way that they can inhabit a track, it goes above just the kind of vocal melisma and stuff like that. You know, it, it's it's they they can just bring on an entire personality onto a song, and and the, like she was a great actress in the booth. I don't think she was a great actress on film, um, but in the no, booth, but in the booth yeah. she was brilliant, and she was good in music videos as well. You know, she couldn't really translate that very often to the cinema. You know, you're talking about she's quite good in league of their own and evita and a couple of other little roles but that's it you know um but but yeah you're absolutely right i think she she went beyond just the 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 music side of things um uh, and yeah i I couldn't have put it better myself she bent the world of of an entire industry to to exactly i'll make this argument i'll make this argument see if you want to see if you want to counteract it i would say if 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 prince was a musical genius then I would say she was a visionary genius. I would say I would say if she's not so much a musician, but I think that her ability to put the images to the to the music that she had, even though she didn't have like that much of like a, a thing of like kind of like um actually playing the music, but to kind of like put like think about like a virgin for for, for a minute. It's, it's a simplistic video basically, and. It, for arguably a simplistic video, if you're talking about a girl on a boat and a boat's going down, la la la. la. And then the song's like a virgin. Of course, it's like back in the eighties, like oh no, oh no, different <laughs> kind of shit like that. But she, but she took that simple. She took the simple thing of being on the boat and being provocative with the song and what the song was about, and made that shit memorable as hell. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's like, but it's, it's it's almost like it's almost like. What, what, what am I trying to say? You know, how, you know how when you see somebody and, and, and like you're so used to them doing like great stuff, it looks too, it looks easy. But if when you when you think about it, like that's not easy because anybody could have got that ideal together, and that and that boat thing just did that did that song and go in there, but it didn't hit. But because it was her and how she had the ambition and kind of like the vision to think forwards, okay, she's kind of like you know I kind of say I would kind of say I was gonna I was gonna say this this weird in a way she kind of influenced Slim Shady because she knew how to poke at people just enough. Whereas where whereas with Eminem he was like vulgar with it, like she was like okay. I know that you guys are prudes, so I'm going to poke you enough that erotica. I think was where I think she went off the deep. I didn't. I didn't mind erotica. I didn't care. I didn't care what she did in erotica. But I think erotica was the one where it was like finally they was like, okay, enough's enough, Madonna. You're too. You're doing too much right now. I guess that kind of situation. But at least when when like a virgin came out, it was kind of provocative. But she wasn't pushing. She wasn't pushing stuff like the sex book and kind of like the justify my love shit. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but I I love that era of Madonna. I love it. And, you know, when you're talking about the imagery, the concerts that she used to do around that time, 
um, where she she had that she had a bra with those two cones just pointing out like oh, yeah. fifteen feet. I mean, oh, yeah. that that is an mm. absolutely iconic image. That image was everywhere around that time. You know, the amount of controversy it generated, the amount of hilarity. People would just like, you know, do sketches about it all the time. It was really funny, you know. But but she, no one had done that before, really. And um, and she, she had the wherewithal to. You're absolutely right. She poked the bear and. And there are a lot of other things, you know, that she was Catholic and it was very much a kind of Catholic schoolgirl rebelling kind of thing. And in a lot of ways in, you know, throughout that, that eighties period and early, I mean, the early nineties, Jesus, you're right. You know, erotica, she really pushed it far. She absolutely did. And a lot of people backlashed against that. Yeah, they did. Especially after like a prayer, you know, you, I mean, it was still, she, she still managed to kind of, she was wholesome enough for the radio put it that way you know whereas erotica i mean there's not a lot of radio <laughs> fodder on there except yeah. uh deeper and deeper basically and, and yeah. i guess i guess rain but i don't know i never really liked that song but i don't think i don't think rain hit i don't think rain hit as hard as deeper and deeper i remember deeper and deeper was always on mtv yeah matter of fact the bag the bad girl video wasn't even on mtv that much to be honest with you hmm I mean, all of the songs hit the top 10 in the UK, except Bye Bye Baby. All, all of them, them, them went top Oh, really? 10. Yeah. Really? Wow. So Erotica, Deeper and Deeper, Bad Girl, Fever, and Rain all hit the top 10 in the UK. Um, but, I mean, the, the reaction... I think that was the first Madonna album I bought that wasn't the Immaculate Collection, basically, because I was, I was old enough then. Um, so, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think... She she was so clever. The religious thing we we have to mention the religion. How she how she kind of manipulated that as well. Like I I don't I don't know. I mean, was there anyone before her, whether it was in Hollywood or the music industry, who'd who'd kind of provoked uh, Catholicism like her? Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about a pop star. Maybe maybe a rock and roll guy or two. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about any. I, I don't know about a pop star that would do that. I don't think a pop star. Tried to cross that line. Up to I that. mean, like John John I mean, Lennon said, you know, the Beatles were bigger than Jesus kind of thing, and that was See, I, that was a gigantic thing. But I, but that was a throwaway comment by by. Yeah, that's a, I, I hate when when I, when I found out about that comment and I heard it in context. I'm like, are people dumb? Yeah. Are you? What are you? T- <laughs> I, I, oh my god! This, that's one of the things where I, when I when I finally found out what he was talking about, I was like. You, I was like, did, pe- did people stop learning about context clues in school? Did they, did they forget about learning about context? Did they forget about... No, but, no, no, no like, wait, 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 like, wait. In complete defense, that was a different era. That okay. was a very different era back then. And you're talking about, yeah. you know, the Beatles w- were like a gigantic influence on teenagers. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, that song was about sex. So, you know, <laughs> it's just... No, they were a huge influence. They were a huge influence on teenagers. And if you were a parent, because don't forget, no one had had to really deal with that before, the, you know, these baby boomers and stuff. If your kids were listening to the Beatles, especially if you think within that seven-year period of where they went from to, you know, the absolute sort of sugar pop to drug-fueled passages through India and stuff, then, you know, when the Beatles start saying, well, you know, bigger than Jesus... Then and then then obviously like the, the the old school religious hard cases would lose their shit. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna back them up a little bit. Not that I would have been one of those people. I doubt it. But you okay. know, you, right. you've got you've got to give a bit of historical context to it. I mean, I give it. I, okay, I, like I said, I understand the historical context. I just still think it's dumb. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like the, oh my god. You know what I'm saying? Because here's my. Cause, all right, I might get in trouble for this one. All right, because <laughs> I went to church, and let me tell you. 
they can't be going, <gasps> come on now. That's what I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm pretty sure it, it was even like that back in that day, because I can, I, I can throw some stuff out, but I'm going to be nice today. I, I, I'll just say this. It's like, you know, where I'm going, you know, where I'm going. I hope you know where I'm going at with this, right? You know where I'm going at with this? I think you need to be, I know where you are, but I think you need to be more explicit with it. Okay. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be nice about this. I'm just going to say that people don't practice what they preach when it comes to that stuff. And, and, and the more you see, the more you see of the, oh my God, the more you have to, you kind of have to consider the source when you hear that. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would, I would say, I would say this. A lot of the people that I observed and I got to know throughout that church thing, like I said, and this is no, this is no judgment. I was like, I just wish they wouldn't protest too much. That's what I was saying right there. And I would, and I would put it that way. And I, does that make, is that a little bit better? What I'm saying? Or is that still too vague? Am I still too vague? It's a little bit vague, but <clears throat> because 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 we, we have listeners, and I'm trying, and, and like like I said, I do have a Christian background, so I that is still kind of like a part of me to an extent. So I'm not knocking religion at all. I, I, I'm trying to make that clear. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, okay, let, let me save you from the save you from this. So first, yeah. first of all, the point I have right, to make is sure. when you mentioned the word preach before, I guarantee at least sixty percent of our listeners started saying, "Please mention Papa, don't preach," um, <laughs> <laughs> which you didn't. You know, you yeah. disappointed sixty percent. Anyway, um, the second thing is. I mean, if you think about like this discussion that we're having right now, Madonna's provoked that from like 25 years ago or something or 30, actually, sorry, 30 years ago. You know, that's crazy. Um, all right, let, let's segue into Papa Don't Preach because that's another really fascinating song um, that you're mixing in religion. You're mixing in teenage pregnancy, abortion. Now, OK, you had songs that dealt with certain things like, you know, Billie Jean is not my lover, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's fair enough. Pa- Papa Don't Preach is a very, very overt one. Yeah, it's very specific. Um, something like that. Oh, I mean, wow. You know, it's one of those things where you think Dirty Dancing, um, you, you think Dirty Dancing, the film, is this really kind of like, you know, sugar puff thing. And then when you actually watch it as an adult, you're like, okay, this is why my mom didn't let me watch it as a kid, because the, <laughs> there is like teenage pregnancy, abortion, all this kind of stuff, you know. Um and Papa Don't Preach was was a, a, a massive song. Again, this is one of those kind of feminist pushing songs, and I, I think it, it was it was genre breaking really. Um, uh, and and again, this is the sort of thing that M- Madonna did. You know, it's not all lies la bonita. You know, it's not all all you know crazy for you. It's not all th- those kind of ones. You've got like a virgin. You've got Papa Don't Preach. You've got um, like a prayer. These, these ones they did push boundaries. You know, in in a way that I don't think many other people did. Express yourself. Express yourself. And, oh, hey, I mean, we've got to mention the gay community, Jesus, you know, especially yeah. once you start going from express yourself, which was huge. Deeper, no, no, deeper, Vogue. Deeper, I was going like, okay. to say Vogue, actually. Vogue was, was huge because the whole narrative with Vogue was, oh, this has come from the gay club scene. And um, there was a lot of criticism about it. But then actually, it's funny because actually the, the gay community seemed really in favor of it, but it's other people criticizing Um Obviously, I'm remembering this as a kid, so I, I don't know. But Vogue was huge. I mean, actually, what do you think of the Vogue video? Because that that was so iconic. I mean, I, okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to qualify it because back in the nine, I'm, I'm just gonna say like back in when I was younger. Like, because here's the thing, uh, we could, as a matter of fact, we could do historical context because at that time, like when I was younger, I I really wasn't 
I wasn't really around any gay people until I started acting. So, so I had I had a kind of detached kind of thing like that. So when I saw the video, like I knew the, I knew the people I knew they were gay on the video, obviously. But I was kind of like just like I liked the song, but the video really didn't hit me as much as it probably would have hit like somebody who was gay. You know what I'm saying? It's because it was so overtly. And I, like I said, I can't speak for them because I'm because I'm straight. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like for for me, it really didn't do anything for me. I'm like, okay, it's cool. I knew they were gay, and I kind of like I liked the song, and then I kind of moved on. So it really didn't hit me. Maybe like I don't know if might, I don't know if it would hit you a little bit more. But for me, it was kind of like it was a cool song, cool visuals, and I kind of like moved on with it. So it really didn't hit me as much as I realized later on as you go older, you see the, the context of certain things, and you see where it led to with erotica. Because I know there's things right now, like for example. I'm, I might go on a tangent, but I remember when when Lady Gaga put out "Born That Way." Yeah, and then it was kind of like, a, and then it was a black. And I'm going to lead. It's going to lead back to what I'm talking about with the. This is why I, I'm I'm a big believer in like, like for for me, this is my standard. Like I would never speak for the gay community because I'm not gay. So I would just let them tell their story, and then I'll just sit there and listen. But basically, and going back to like Lady Gaga, so she did that "Born That Way," and then there was a backlash because they're like, "How are you speaking for us?" You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like they she came out with that first album and everybody was on it, and then she kind of took that ball and ran with it. Now whether she was being genuine or not genuine, I can't judge and I don't know. Maybe she meant well and it just came out the wrong way, or whatever. I can't speak for that because I'm not a part of that community. But I like I said, I will say back in that time, I wasn't really around a lot of gay people, so I really didn't see that how that affected people around that point in time. So for me, it was like it was a cool video, cool visuals. I knew the. the it was a lot of gay people in that video, and I kind of like moved on. But then when I got into acting, and there's a lot of and there's a lot more gay people in in, in the arts, then I started learning a little bit more about certain things. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I agree to be honest. I was like what maybe ten or eleven when Vogue came out, and in terms of in terms of the, the gay context, it was all I knew was from TV. I didn't know anyone, and um, uh, but what I found really interesting was. Um, uh, I already knew a fair bit about um, the club scene in terms of house music because um, that house music has always been one of my passions. So it was interesting to see her start to move into house music in a more overt way. And that was from Vogue. I mean, that was, that was clear. There were songs which had a house tempo before, but nothing kind of, this was the one that really started to put it this way. If you took that as an instrumental right now, yeah, then then you could just drop that as a house instrumental you know if you beefed it up a bit and then that's it it would just be a, a brilliant house instrumental you know you've got that piano ding 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 and that is just the most early 90s house thing you could imagine yeah and and, and that's what that's what i think was really interesting so you know there is the, there is the the sort of you know the, the the gay context to it and vogue and the video and stuff like that yeah but uh, <sighs> I don't know how kind of you were totally right. The the Lady Gaga thing, born this way, was just so misjudged. But to me, it just came across cynical. You you know, I'm not gay, but to me, it came across as really cynical. Vogue didn't come across as cynical. It came across that she was representing people who weren't who didn't have a lot of representation, basically. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. But that's that's I might be completely wrong. You know, someone out there might be thinking with a lot more knowledge, thinking, well, no, I didn't like that at all. So, you know, uh, we, but you know, like we were we were pretty young back then. Um, how about um, how about Evita? Because Evita snuck, snuck in there, snuck in there just before like um, Ray of Light, basically. I I'll say this: I didn't see the movie, 
I love the song that Don't Cry For Me, Argent. You know, I'm lying. I did see the movie. I seen the movie for like 10 minutes and I turned it off. But I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say... I, I, I love the video. I love the song. And and it's like, it was mine because I did musical theater. So kind of I kind of like enjoyed that feel of that that whole entire like epic... See your promise, don't keep your distance. That stuff like that, like that epic kind of feel remind me of when I was on stage doing that stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that very much. Was it different for you guys over there? Oh my God, it was the biggest thing ever, Evita. It was just <laughs> so big because it was based on Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical. And Andrew Lloyd Webber is obviously like a, this gigantic figure in London. And, um, and I, I don't know, like I never really liked all of it. Like, because... I think I had a lot of friends that used to just sing it all day long and it really just started to annoy me basically because I was kind of like, I hadn't seen the film in the cinema. I think it took me ages to watch it. I think I probably watched it in the mid-noughties or something to be perfectly honest. Um, and, and it was around the same sort of time as Titanic. So you've got Celine Dion, you know, um, My Heart Will Go On and Don't Cry For Me Argentina. It's like, okay, man, just dial the melodrama down a little bit, please, you know. Um, but I can understand why people loved it and stuff like that. Um I did eventually watch the film and I, you know, I didn't think that much of it. Um, but if you're into that thing, I, I can completely understand. You know, she gave a good performance. Um, but again, that's kind of like pretty, it was pretty much a, an extended music video stroke theatre production. So I, 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 that's what I got from the, but, but the songs were, were brilliant, you know. Um, it's interesting because the one before that that dropped was called Something to Remember. And that was kind of like a, a yeah, it's kind of like a weird album. It, it wasn't like an album album. It was kind of, kind of like... Like B-sides or deep cuts? Yeah, exactly. It was kind of... Uh, Unreleased tracks, like songs that weren't on albums, but she released as singles and she put it on there. Kind of like You'll See. Yeah, um, exactly. Was, I Want You. Yeah, and yeah. this used to be my playground. Um, yeah. Like Love Don't Live... I don't know. No, I think she did. But there, there were some that were... It was kind of like a sort of it wasn't a greatest hits. It was kind of like, sort of here are some singles and here are some new ones. And this is like, I don't know why exactly. Uh, I mean, even massive attack turned up on the first track. It was bizarre. Oh was, yeah. I want you. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of weird, but then it did have some big songs. You'll see was huge. And then basically that was around the time that princess Diana was, was splitting up with uh, Prince Charles. Prince Charles. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see was the anthem for it. It was literally the de facto anthem. For it. So everyone <laughs> wow. was, yeah, they, it was, they were so closely linked at that time. And that's what propelled that song on, if anything. Um, Do you guys get, I remember. Uh, do you know what, what was, I'll remember. I can't even remember that one. I remember was uh, the video where she, it was a song for that, that um, Brenda Frazier and Joe Pesci movie with honors. And she's in the phone booth. She has like the, like she, she has like the, the black wig. How does this, how does it go? Because I don't even know. Okay, she goes, I remember the way that you saved me while that I'm standing here on my own. No, no. Remember. You remember that one? No, not really. All right. Then, then in my, in my, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm giving you the best MC. I remember. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I want to shoot myself in the mouth. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, that's the, that's the song right there. Yeah, the, the ones that were, there were some big songs from this that, you know, Take A Bow, uh, well, Take A Bow was Bedtime Story, but, um, yeah. but You'll See was huge. Uh, this used to be my playground was a massive song, actually. And yeah. um, I thought there was one more from it, but no, maybe not. Um, Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Love Don't Live Here Anymore. That one? Is, you know that one either. No, is that just, um, is that just You Abandoned Me, Love Don't Live Here Anymore? Yeah. Okay, fine. 
Yeah, actually, I have a, I have a Vega. He said, okay, fine. He was like, I'm just okay, fine. I was like, what? Yeah. What, you did feel, you did feel that one? No, I, can't, I just can't really remember. It's just those those two were huge. Okay. Um, you'll see, and this used to be my play. This used to be my playground. It was a great song, by the way. Absolutely great song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely great. And, th- and this is the bizarre thing about kind of like nineties Madonna. Um, that there are some low key incredible tracks. The way that she transitioned from this, the sort of more poppy eighties to the really kind of dirty Madonna, and then more R and B, and then back to these just really deep cuts. You know, it's kind of yeah, it, it was weird. Like she's had such an interesting career. That first, especially that first kind of fourteen years that, that we're covering in this podcast, it is fascinating how much she shapeshifts. Um, not just that kind of iconography and videos and politics and religion, but just generally the music. You know, um, like I was reading about Take About when when uh, she worked with Babyface on it. Babyface at that point had never used a live orchestra, and Madonna demanded it. She was like, "No, no, you're going to do that on this song." And the end result is amazing, you know. It's, um, I mean, that that really is one of my favourite Madonna tracks, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but even musically, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it kind of mixes in the kind of like it's almost like Japanese kind of um, musical influences into it as well. And, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's fascinating. Whereas if you think, well, I mean, when was that? What ninety four? I was in high school. Yeah, so it was like around. Yeah, so if you think like five years before that was like a uh, like a prayer um yeah that that album and how she changed it changed up yeah, yeah. it changed up like crazy you know she 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 did constantly change um really interesting you know i think she used to take a little bit more time between albums to change i guess um the what what, what do you think about her uh, <laughs> this is a loaded question what do you think about her um her ventures into the silver screen I try not to think about. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being mean, but her strength her her strength is her strength is picking out good songs, constructing good albums, and the video. I think her, her if she kept her acting to the video. If I I would say this, she if she did something, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a Rhythm Nation like project from her, like for for an album. You know what I'm saying? Like how, but even go even further to Janet Jackson, kind of like do like do like a do like a um. If she wants to do the musical so much, just do like an album and then just do like a, a long form video with the songs and stuff like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. Like even, I think she, I think she, I would argue she would work better if she, if she, if she had the songs do the story and then between the interim, she would just like, just, just do facial reactions. Don't, you don't have to act. Just let the songs act for you. You know what I'm saying? I think that's her better strength right there. I think when she's, when she tries to, I'm going to see if I can say this. It seems like when she she's at home when she's the one being able to manipulate it. I think when she acts that she has to you have to when you act, you kinda have to surrender yourself to the moment. I don't think she's willing to surrender herself to the moment as much. I think she has this thing where it's kinda like like she means well, but when you're an actor it's always this thing called being in a moment, you have to surrender yourself. But I think she's so much in control. She's basically like a she's more of a director than she is an actor. You know what I'm trying to say, but her acting, but her direction is strong with her albums and her videos, not so much with the silver screen. I also think it works together. Like I said, she has like a couple of things here, like in, like leave her own. Like she has that that spunky attitude, that Madonna attitude. So I guess that role worked for her. I think if anything, I would argue that's probably her best role on the stage because like okay, that's the that's the Madonna you expect to see. Like she's she's brash, she's bold, but she has a good heart, kind of thing like that. As compared to when she does like other stuff, when she tries to like stretch it, I think the Madonna thing doesn't work so well with other 
Like especially with the Vita thing, I didn't I didn't know if I could buy her as Eva Perone as much as I could buy her as the baseball girl in Eva Perone. Or even even though Dick Tracy wasn't that great of a movie, like I seen her kind of trying to do that the Maryland thing, mm-hmm. even though the movie wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. But that's more in her wheelhouse, I guess. Okay, uh, I'll make three points. Um, number one, I think the, the Marilyn Monroe thing is a huge thing because I think she was obsessed with Marilyn, as was anyone in that era. You know, like but particularly Madonna was, was she kept coming back to Marilyn. Um, I think number two, you have to give it a bit of historical context because in the eighties, if you were a big pop star, then your your next thing was like, look, I want to break into the movies in some sort of capacity oh yeah it's on my terms or, or traditional holiday, uh, hollywood roots and you know you know prince tried and stuff like that madonna uh, michael jackson did a few things there were a lot of other people who kind of went into it you know um yeah and, and i think you're right you know i think when she she played i think she was quite good in desperately seeking susan she was fine in that um who's that girl she was okay um, Liga of their own I think she was good but then she followed it up with something like Body of Evidence when basically Sharon Stone had done it a year earlier in Basic Instinct perfectly and, Bo- and Body of Evidence was just such a you know pale it was so pale in comparison and and she was no Sharon Stone you know Madonna it, when Madonna's in your ears she's a million times sexier than what she was on screen for Body of Evidence put it that way um, that's what I think uh, and then after that, I mean, the only other thing really is Evita. And I, I think Evita was a bit of fun, basically. I think you have to buy into it. Um, but I, I think she pulled it off pretty well. You know, the, the reaction was, was was pretty good to that film, even if I didn't particularly take to it. But, you know, I, I actually like going to the theatre, but um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like seeing the theatre represented on cinema in cinema as much, to be honest. Um, it doesn't really work for me. The third point I was going to make... Sorry, yeah, let me, otherwise I'll lose it. The third point I was going to make is she kind of reminds me what, you know, what you were saying before about the kind of director, the control freak things. It reminds me of um, Steve Jobs and Apple that basically you have to kind of know where your core strengths lie. And then you have to strip away all the other things. You might want to do a million other things, yeah, but (laughs) but you have to kind of strip away. And then if something's really not working, you have to kind of just leave it for a while. Like, say, for example, you know, Steve Jobs, he really went for, you know, with iTunes, you know, the triumvirate of uh, iPod, iTunes, and um, and the Mac, it, that all enabled him to actually deal with record labels and negotiate and transform an entire industry. The mu- he transformed the music industry completely. Yeah, I'm not just him alone, but, you know, all his team, but he had that vision. Now, Apple have been trying to do it with Hollywood and with cable TV and Apple TV and everything for years. You know, he, it was one of the last things he said just before he died. He's like, yeah, I finally clocked TV. But in reality, he hadn't, you know. And, and they, Apple keep trying to try it. They, they keep, you know, even today, news came out. They're trying to start original content. They're just not good at that because Hollywood is so different. Hollywood wasn't oh, yeah. in the mess that the music industry was in. Oh yeah, and that kind of reminds me of Madonna. That Madonna did dominate the music industry because, and she bent it to her will, like you said before. Yes, Hollywood was fine without Madonna. Basically, yeah, you know, Hollywood didn't yeah. need Madonna. Um, the music industry but, arguably did need Madonna, and I think that's that's the difference. Yeah. You know, well, arguably, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't, uh, even though I gave my opinion, I don't knock her for trying because she's an ambitious person. She's a person that she's not gonna. Like she said in the interview, I was reading the interview. Like she had an interview with this um, with this writer named Roxanne Gang. And I think I posted it on um, on Twitter, where basically she was like, she was asked, she was saying basically like when when they tell when they ask like Picasso, all these other people in the age like Mick Jagger and all these older people, and she was like, they never tell those people to stop, even even if they're quote unquote embarrassing themselves. It's always like, okay, it's that Mick Jagger being Mick Jagger. 
she's like, but the moment I try to kind of like continue on, she's like, I'm not expecting, she's not expecting herself to be the biggest thing of all time, but she still wants to do her albums and this and that. And she was like, so who, am, so, so why is it that I got to stop when those other people are like, okay, keep going. But it's always like, okay, but Don, you had your time, go home and, and blah, 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 blah. But when Mick Jagger comes out with an album, people, people roll their eyes a little bit, but it's not as, 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 you don't have to think pieces where it's like, okay, Madonna hangs it up. Like Mick Jagger comes out. I think the only thing people have to think pieces about Mick Jagger is when he dates like kid, like people who are like, like twenty years old, like like twenty year old, like twenty or thirty years underneath them. But other than that, like you have so many Rolling Stones albums that came out that nobody bought. But everybody's like, oh, look at just the Rolling Stones. Or Bruce Springsteen comes out with an album. I can't remember the last Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> The name of the last Bruce Springsteen album. But people are like, okay, Bruce is back. And then Madonna comes out. album. Okay, Madonna, you got to hang it up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you, were to, if you guys want to be consistent with, with the, be consistent. I have, an argue, I have an argument with that with the later one, but that's this kind of thing, I think. I think that she's ambitious, but like you said, she needs to play to her strengths rather than what she thinks she can do. And, that's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you accomplished as much as she did, oh my God. But I guess, the argue, I guess if you want to take it back to that, I guess the argument is, it's like, if you if you accomplish so much in your life, then the things that you accomplish that everybody thinks is amazing, you're looking at it like, okay, I already did that. So what can I do now? I guess. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I think also I guess I'll just fall back on the easy one, which is like Madonna doesn't need my opinion, does she? You know, she's yeah, she's, yeah, she's done yeah, enough yeah. in her life, and um, you know, I might not think she's shit hot in Hollywood on the silver screen, but who cares? Who cares what I think, really? Um, obviously, we're entitled to our opinion and stuff like that, but she she's she's right. She's the one doing it. If she wants to do it, she can do what she wants. I mean, I would say it's telling that she hasn't done anything in film for the last ten years. I think she's kind of you know done nothing in earnest really for 20 i mean evita was her last massive role um so maybe it, it just it naturally tapered out like that perhaps you know i think what i think what happened is she directed that miles away movie and it got trashed and i think that probably like gave her just like i just will walk away from it I, oh, that's my yeah, theory yeah. what was it miles away or swept away or something swept away because yeah, the miles away is Miles Away is a song on hard candy but oh, sw- no, swept I, I away thinking- was um when yeah, she was going out with guy ritchie yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up, hold up. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, I'm swearing. I'm, I swear it's Miles Away movie. Let me see. Uh, no, you're right. I think it swept away. Well, okay. So she didn't direct that. Guy Ritchie um, directed. No, she, she directed something. She, Madonna directed something. <laughs> I forgot what it was. Madonna. She did. I'm telling you, man. No, no, no. I, no. I have a, I have a recollection. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Uh... Oh, we, we. It's a, it was a British historical romantic drama. Film co-written and directed by Madonna, starring Abby Cornish, Andrea Risenborough, uh, Oscar Isaac, Richard Coyle, and James Darcy. Damn. Yeah, and that came out in September first, two thousand eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it got because because considering what happened eight days later, I'm pretty sure it was forgotten. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I vaguely um, recollect something about that, but that that's pretty yeah. much it. Um, yeah, it was it was panned and it bombed, so yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that'd probably be enough for you to go. Okay, let me just back away from this stuff. Yeah, go back to what I. Um, so, I, I guess the the last point I want to make because um, next week will be kind of you know from ray of, ray of light onwards. 
Um, last point I wanted to make is I wish I could get in a time machine and go and see Madonna live at one of these points. Yeah, I think I'd probably pick the Blonde Ambition World Tour because that I think that was the one with the pointy cones on her breast, uh, on her bra kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I th- I think that would have been amazing, amazing. So, um, do you, I mean, do, do you think that... Um, I kind of never had a. I never. I think I don't think I never had much of an interest to go see Madonna in concert. Like to me, I just like her recording, her recording stuff. Like I seen like I watched Truth the Dare and stuff like that, and I enjoyed it. But I don't think like there's certain artists like I would like if I want to see Michael Jackson live, or maybe like a, um, maybe like a Whitney Houston live or somebody like that, or like 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 somebody with the like the vocal pipes, like they got that they got that sing. I think Madonna's an entertainer. Don't get me wrong. I think she would kill it. See, but I'm talking trash because I'm a hypocrite because MIA can't really sing. But I, like, it's more of like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a show show. But I guess I never really thought about, like, I never, I, I never sat there and said, you know what, I want to see a Madonna concert. I was always more excited about picking up her albums. Hmm. But like you said, I think if, if you said, if the argument made, like, the, I think, like, the peak might have been her. Not to say that her other shows aren't great. I'm pretty sure they are. But um, maybe probably, you know what, I would argue if I was forced to maybe go see one, I would probably say the one we're going to talk about next week. I was like, the Ray of Light tour, I'm probably more interested in going to see than the um the blonde ambition tour, I would say. I like the I like the visuals and imagery of um of Ray of Light more than I would like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't think she toured that. <laughs> that no. You sure I'm, you lo- did? I'm looking sure at the tours right now. I that's actually one she skipped. Unless unless um you're talking about Drowned World because Drowned World but Drowned World was actually three years after Ray of Light. Um but Dr- Drowned World is one of the Ray of Lights. Anyway, I think we should um yeah, I think we should probably hold that hold fire on that until next week um but yeah um i think the problem with madonna is that there's just so much to unpack and to do it in an in an hour is pretty difficult so um i think it's almost more fun the way that we've done it just select a few kind of topics and then veer off and and but i think that's the thing she always just provokes talk doesn't she she just provokes conversation in such a wonderful way in 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 a way that so few artists have ever done before um i agree and and, you know the last point i'll make is that all these artists have been dying left right and center and i tell you what next time madonna's in concert i'm fucking going man i my my main issue is that she's just kept jacking up the prices like you know but i think i'd just go next time screw it whatever well, she's 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 a capitalist. She's yeah. like, if they, if they're willing to pay that price, they're going to pay yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, hey, why not? I mean, if Drake's going to charge like 150 quid a ticket, I'd rather see Madonna for that much. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Well. Control. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she she kissed him. Did you see her kissing Drake like a couple of years? Oh ago? yeah, I was like, Drake, what are you doing? He's like, grow up, be a man, take the kiss. I know. What was he complaining about? Jesus. Yeah, I'm killed to be in that position. Damn. <laughs> exactly. Damn. Hopefully, my wife didn't hear that bit. So uh, <laughs> we may we may not have a next episode. So. No, exactly. Um, if I'm still alive, then uh, tune in to the Transatlantic Rebels podcast next week for part two, where we will go from ray of light onwards up until the present day, which is effectively uh, Rebel Heart in 2015. So uh, goodbye from Jessel and goodbye from. For sure. Peace.